I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we're taking a look ahead to some of the events that are going to be making news and shaping investment decisions in the coming days. I'm Robert Miller. That means looking at whether your motor and home insurance premiums are likely to rise or fall as renewals come due, how marijuana is becoming a mainstream investment, and why this might be more profitable than trying to beat the spread betters. I'm joined on the line from New York by James Dean, the Times US business editor, Alex Ralph, one of our business reporters, and Harry Wilson, our city editor. Harry, I'm going to start with you. We've been hearing results from some of the big insurers, from uh, RSA, as we must call them, Royal Sun Alliance, and we've direct line to come. This is the very public face of direct line in an ad you've probably all seen. If you can't drive your car after an accident, direct line are the only insurers who will get you a taxi to continue your journey and recover your car. But at what cost, Harry? I mean, it all sounds very good, but we're going to be hearing from Direct Line. I mean, insurance premiums, people want to know, are they likely to rise this year or fall and why? I, I think uh, undoubtedly we're going to be getting further rises in insurance premiums and that's for several reasons. I mean, principally you've got the uh, last year's uh, change in the Ogden rate. So that's the rate used to calculate long-term injury payments. That went from 2.5%, essentially making an assumption that the money uh, that will be given to someone injured will uh, rise by 2.5% a year. Well, that's now gone to negative uh, three quarters of a percent. So what that basically means is uh, insurer has to provide a lot more money now to someone if they make a a successful injury claim. You've also had, obviously, the rise in the insurance premium tax that now stands at 12%. And then you've just got a whole load of other industry issues around whiplash claims, etc. And all of that essentially means that you're going to pay more for your premium. So they're now looking at around about probably an average for your car insurance, about uh, 700 odd quid. Is there a payoff here? If the premiums rise, therefore I presume their revenue or premium income goes up, does that to some extent protect the dividend? So for investors, it's good news, even though they might be motorists as well. So the the insurers, yeah, uh, absolutely. All of these costs get passed on to the customer. So um, don't worry about the bonuses of the insurance company chief executives this year. They're all protected by 
essentially you and I paying more money for our insurance premiums. On the other hand, looking a lot further out, the industry does face some very big problems coming up in the future, particularly obviously disruptive technology. And that's not just about disruption of their business models in the sense that someone's going to come along and do insurance better than they do at present. It's just about the need for it. So if uh, one of the big issues, for instance, in car insurance at the moment is autonomous cars, what does car insurance look like when no one's actually at the wheel? Alex, in your time, you've covered the market. Did you find the insurers difficult beasts to understand in terms of putting them in an investment portfolio? They have so many weird measures, don't they? Yeah, I think they're generally deemed as a pretty decent defensive stock, and and as Harry said, the you know the uh, the cost rises are, are pretty uh, routine. So you know, I think from an insur- uh, investment point of view, it's, they've always been seen as a, as a as a nice safe haven, really. James, over there in New York, I mean, when you drive, is, is car insurance cheap uh, but mandatory? I'm mainly a pedestrian. I'm mainly on public transport, so I don't do much driving over here. But it's a fairly big deal. It's a fairly large expense. Basically, you can't really drive any cars in this country unless you have comprehensive insurance, and that includes hire cars as well. So you kind of always have to have it, regardless of whether or not you own a car. But it doesn't seem to be a huge topic of conversation among people among uh, at the moment. I don't think costs have gone up substantially or anything like that. Um, Harry, coming back to you, I mean, home insurance, it's a bit like car insurance, isn't it? People go on and they look at the different, go compare the market, meerkats, you've got all these different choices. Are they? Are we improving the deal for consumers, do you think, with all these? I mean, you mentioned the technology coming down the line, but at the moment, are consumers well served or is it just so confusing? For a start, obviously, you've got a, a lot of price comparison sites out there which provide you with a multitude of different offers, all with different terms and conditions. So, yes, it is uh, pretty complicated. But uh, as always, for the savvy, for those who are prepared to uh, go and search, there, there are good deals out there. Uh, I mean, I, I myself are probably more in this sort of uh, lazier category. So I'm uh, the type of bedrock that provides the stable dividends for the, uh, the city. And there's a lot of people out there like me. But uh, I think you're getting probably... A generation starting come through who are a lot more tech literate prepared to go and shop around unfortunately for that generation i don't think many of them use hotmail accounts which uh, i think they prefer to use gmail accounts which is probably a good thing because apparently according to that sun investigation recently uh, some insurers um, tend to think that people with hotmail accounts are, are more risky drivers and therefore um, the insurance premiums can tend to be higher which is quite thought but that's the bizarre thing isn't it when they ask you to fill in all the details and particularly for young people i'm looking at you both here but for the younger driver it seems to get worse and worse i know when i looked for my daughter i mean from the first things that go round and round, it says you've got 100 choices. Suddenly there were only two and both of them were over 1,000 for a car that probably isn't worth more than 500 quid. I mean, it's ridiculous. How can young people ever get about? I, I suppose the, the, the honest answer is uh, the, there is a, a shift. Uh, a lot of younger people are driving less than their parents' generation. Um, and, you know, uh, I think it's a bit of a cliche, but uh, having an Uber app instead of your own car is probably, the for a lot of people, or young people these days, um, offers some mobility that, um, frank, and also, I guess, lower fixed costs than, than having the, their own vehicle. I mean, just looking at the latest car sales, I think just uh, the most recent figures showed a 6.3% drop, you know, that's got to sort of be concentrating minds about whether that's a cyclical or structural shift in the car market. The millennial generation is, is, is you know, is facing a lot of costs, whether it's, you know, trying to get on the housing ladder or whether it's, you know, the legacy of student fees. So I think, you know, buying a car and, and trying to service that is probably not high up on the, on the list at the moment. All right. Well, just keep a watch out for those insurance premiums. And as Harry is intimating, go and do the research.
will probably save you money in the long run. Uh, let's move on to a different topic altogether, medicinal marijuana. Uh, James, over there in New York, I mean, we haven't heard this yet on British TV, but uh, it may well come over, and you've possibly seen it over there. Marijuanadoctors.com is the only service that connects patients with real doctors for medical marijuana recommendations. Simple, confidential, safe. Visit MarijuanaDoctors.com. James, just to outline the situation, as I understand it over there in America, there are something like uh, nine or, or ten states where it's uh, used for recreational use. It's legal, but most importantly, for medicinal purposes, with a doctor's recommendation, that's in 29 states. I mean, marijuana's big business over there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, and it's growing as well. Um, I mean, in New York, it's, it's one of the states where um, where uh, medicinal use is permitted in certain circumstances, and but recreational use is not at the moment. But there's a growing sense that recreational use will be permitted fairly soon. And I think, to some extent, the U.S. states are taking the lead from north of the border because Canada's actually a few steps ahead with legalization for recreational purposes. And this summer. Canada's actually set to, as I say, legalise recreational use of marijuana. It's just something that has to be passed by the Senate and it's widely expected to go through. So in terms of the business of, of marijuana, we're seeing, we've already seen a shift in Canada as well. It was the end of last month, uh, end of January, a company called Aurora, which was, I think, Canada's second largest marijuana producer, as, as I say, is, is producing marijuana for still for medicinal purposes, but obviously... Uh, with the Senate vote coming up in the summer, it could well be producing it for recreational purposes. And Aurora bought one of the uh, another marijuana producer in Canada. So there's already consolidation among some of the world's largest cannabis companies. So that deal created the world's largest cannabis company. Canada always has also uh, boasts the, the world's second largest cannabis company. So who knows? Maybe some of those exports will be coming um, south of the border in time. But there's still quite a lot of focus on again, in the business side of things, on the use of marijuana for medical purposes to, to treat things that we, you know, we haven't quite, you know, legalized yet in the US or indeed in the UK. So uh, there are various trials still ongoing. Um, I, I know of some about um, post-traumatic stress disorder in soldiers, there are those sorts of things. So yes, I mean, the business side of things is, is still probably quite early days on the, on the, uh, on the recreational side of things. But yes, things, things are still kind of forging ahead on the medicinal side. And, um, and there are a lot of companies that are, that are experimenting around that. Uh, Alex, if I could bring you in here, biopharma, pharma shares, presumably broadly fits into that category. In terms of, of, of what James was just saying, it is beginning to impinge on the psyche. And of course, uh, British investors are perfectly uh, capable of buying uh, US shares. But it, it's, it's not a hot topic in the pharma industry, I presume, at the moment. Not, not really in the UK. I mean, and 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 sort of symbolising that is is GW Pharmaceuticals, which is you know one of the leading companies in in the medicinal space, and uh, it's Cambridge based, but increasingly it's looked to the states um, to drive its business, and um, it's got a Nasdaq listing now. So I think that sort of it sort of represents where where the where the opportunities are, i.e. in North America rather than the UK. I think you know politically, um, you know, in terms of uh, the can the cannabis debate over here, we're we're sort of pretty much behind the Americans. So I think it's it's some time before we see, you know, more opportunities over here, I think. Looking at the biospace, we have talked and obviously touched on this in previous podcasts. A lot of good things start, we've heard from Horizon Discovery was in the news this week, and we're going to hear from Decra Pharma next week. It's quite a happening sector for investors, isn't it? I mean, leaving aside the medicinal marijuana, but the sector as a whole, where people are early stage cures or early stage, if you like, treatments. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of the, uh, of the reporting season now for the pharmaceutical companies we've had. Some of the, the big pharma companies like AstraZeneca and, and GlaxoSmithKline, and from an investment point of view, you know, they offer a much more diversification and safety because they've got these huge portfolios and drugs at all different stages of, of the pipeline. But um, the riskier, but potentially more rewarding um, companies are, are those, in, you know, that are that are at the clinical stage and have got these trials which are coming through and or they're seeking regulatory approval. And, and we've sort of seen the mixed fortunes of that recently. So, for instance, today there's a company called Shield Therapeutics, and it had a really disappointing results from a kidney trial earlier this month, and the shares have just absolutely tanked. And this morning we've sort of seen the the impact of that. It's basically launched a strategic review, which, in market parlance, means a potential sale, job cuts, cost cutting. It thinks it's got enough cash to last it to the end of the year. So, you know, from an investment point of view, it just shows shows you the risks there. James, over there in, in, in the United States, of course, regulatory approval, which Alex mentioned there, is key to the success of these drugs. And I mean, the European uh, watchdogs are very concerned. But in America, they really make you quite rightly jump through hoops. So do you think the sector that we're talking about, as we're talking about it at the moment, is more established as an investment destination than perhaps over here in Britain? Um, it, it could well be, but um, there's, there's a kind of slightly, or it feels like there's a slight shift going on. Um, and again, it's down to, to Amazon, as you know, the, the world's largest e-commerce company. So what happened a couple of weeks ago is that Amazon Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's investment company, and uh, JP Morgan, which is the largest US bank, they all clubbed together with an announcement to say that we're going to help to lower healthcare costs for our employees, because obviously over here, medical insurance is a big thing because there's no public health insurance. And um, excuse the noise. Sorry, I'm on quite a busy Midtown Street at the moment. Um, yes, yeah, so they all, they all clubbed here, and as soon as they did, shares in health insurers, pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical distributors, they all dropped at once. Now, I think the main reason for this was, the, was, was Amazon's name being there, because um, Amazon's already upsetting the pharmaceutical industry by threatening to um, become a distributor. This might not be so bad for pharma companies themselves, but it's certainly bad for for distributors because um, once Amazon gets into something, it tends to take it over and people start going out of business. So that's the kind of shift that's happening over here. I mean, it's obviously healthcare stocks are are well established. Um, Big boys such as Pfizer over here, for example. But um, yes, I think think with uh, the increasing kind of influence of technology companies, the landscape is shifting slightly. If not completely, then there's just early signs. All right, thank you. Well, all sit tight for a moment. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Harry, at the start of the podcast, we heard the sound of the roulette wheel. And I suppose the analogy there was with some of these companies are doing spread betting and encouraging people, consumers, if you like, retail investors to go into foreign exchange trading. I don't want to diss them, but is it a place that should be open to everybody or should there be tighter controls as some people have called for rather than just allowing people to go out and um, it seems to me bet on the roulette wheel or the jackpot machine? Um, I, I think there's probably quite a uh, strong case here of uh, self-regulation. So if you look at the uh, the figures coming out of a lot of the spread betting companies, what you see is an increased focus towards the, I suppose, what we'd call the whales, the uh, high-spending, sophisticated clients. That's essentially where, where, where everyone wants to be these days because obviously the risk of someone coming along at some point in the future and saying you've been mis-selling is much higher when you're dealing with a unsophisticated, smaller customer. So... Uh, the likes of IG, CMC, that some of the big sort of spread betting players there, they're all tending to emphasise that they are essentially about providing these services, you know, these spread betting, financial betting services to uh, essentially a sophisticated, wealthy clientele, uh, which is why actually you generally see sort of customer numbers going down, but the actual sort of spend per customer going up. And that's part of that thing so so yes there are obviously it is very easy if you just want to go out there and set up an account yep you can do you can do all that but but you're not generally going to be the type of person people want they want the big spenders Alex again you've looked at the sector in, in quite some detail are there enough checks in place I mean as Harry said you've got to be sophisticated and all these companies reputable companies do these checks but at the end of the day I suppose you've fallen their money or easily parted isn't it yeah, it's probably a case of whack-a-mole, you know, you sort of, you know, you have regulation and, and the companies, you know, will, will reform the way they operate to make sure they're on the right side of, of those lines. But um, it's, it's a constantly probably a, you know, a game of making sure that they don't cross that line. And we've seen recently that, you know, the, the, the Financial Conduct Authority is is, um, is coming down quite heavily on, 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 you know, on contract for differences, for instance. And, um, you know, that's obviously had a huge impact on, on, on the share prices of these companies. But uh, no doubt there'll be, um, you know, other regulation coming down the line at some point. In a way, uh, spread betting CFDs is a pretty mature market now. Uh, I know regulation is, is is still sort of to come through, and there's a lot of tightening up around there. But I mean, it's generally a sort of a fairly well known product. The regulators understand it. What you're starting to see, though, is obviously the like Alex said, with, with whack-a-mole, once you get rid of uh, CFDs, people look for also not or, or regulate more CFDs. People find new ways to, to, to bet their money. So one of the big uh, growth areas of recent years has been binary options trading. That's an uh, area which is increasingly causing concern to regulators, particularly because it uh, impacts a younger clientele. It's something that's aimed uh, using social media and uh, lots of sort of glamorous accounts with people drinking champagne. What do you do with them, though? What is a binary option account? Uh, a binary option. So, so unlike a CFD, which you can obviously make a case to, it is a investment product of of a sort. A binary option is quite simply just a bet, which is actually one of the problems because the 
financial regulator actually said, well, this isn't a financial product, so it's not something we should regulate, and the Gambling Commission uh, doesn't really know what to do with it because they're not really a financial regulator. A binary option, though, is is simply a it's it's uh, it's a one way uh, bet. You 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 essentially say, uh, for instance, you might look at the FTSE 100 and say, in five minutes' time, I think it will be 50 points higher. If it's 50 points higher or more, you get your money back. And if it's not, you lose it. So there's absolutely no sort of uh, investment style there because obviously it, it is, as it says, binary. You either win or you lose. And the, the other thing with that is, um, you know, just to sort of show how quickly this sort of game of whack-a-mole moves, now that people are focus, starting to focus on binary options, you've seen a lot of the guys who are involved in binary options now starting to sort of punt themselves out as cryptocurrency uh brokers and traders so so really um and, and i'm sure as soon as uh, people start to find uh, ways to regulate that something else will be, will be coming up so it's, it's, it's you know it's it's a constant race and I, i'm afraid that the authorities are often sort of several steps behind well let's turn to our bitcoin expert in the heart of wall street over there on the street james bitcoin i mean i was looking today before we came in there can't be many investments that have just lost 635 dollars in value in a matter of minutes, as Harry is referring to. What is the latest stage? I know the Fed have said they're not worried, but uh, regulation coming down, do you think? Uh, I don't I don't think so immediately. I, I know that in, in the UK recently, um, uh, I think it's the Treasury Committee is about to launch some kind of investigation into cryptocurrencies. I, I think the general consensus about them is that the actual currencies themselves and the trading that's going on and the price swings are bad. But the technology behind them is generally good. So then it's a question of, well, if you, do, if you like the technology behind them, but you don't like what's produced, I, I kind of feel like it's all, it's all going in circles at the moment. But yeah, I mean, the price swings are completely normal. I mean, I think anyone who's been watching Bitcoin for the past couple of years has seen, you know, far larger price swings in, uh, over, over the course of minutes. I mean, I, I remember in December when the price soared towards $20,000, about, about twice, about double what it is now. You are seeing minute by minute price swings of more than a thousand dollars. So it's in, it's incredibly volatile. I mean, it's it's been described as a digital wild west, and that's that's probably correct to be honest because it swings around so much. But um, yeah, I mean, linking it back to binary options, it was interesting what Harry was saying, you know, about young people being targeted because that's again what's happening with cryptocurrencies. But it doesn't actually. Um, there are some kind of older people being targeted. I I remember a. A family member of mine called me up once because they were a bit worried because they just they just opened a binary binary options trading account. I mean, this person was about 55 years old, and the way they described it was quite interesting because you know, as Harry described, it's essentially a bet on which way the market's going, which is gambling. But the way that they saw it when they saw you know share prices for Apple and big banks like Royal Bank of Scotland, it looked very official. It looked like an investment thing that they were doing. And that's what they felt they were doing. They felt they were being investors, whereas they weren't. It was just bets. So I don't know. I think the way a lot of these things are dressed up, be it binary options, cryptocurrency trading, whatever, they're dressed up and marketed very well to look nice, to make it look like you're doing some serious financial work and, you know, boosting your retirement income even perhaps. But they're all extremely dangerous, and uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's it's probably not a, not a good investment advice to encourage someone to use any of them. Final word, Harry. Final thought. 
Um, a final thought, I suppose, is that um, I mean, it's the interesting thing with Bitcoin is the the world is uh, is very much is, like in sort of so many other areas of life, the world is polarized on Bitcoin. You either basically believe it's going to transform the world, or you think it's a load of rubbish. You know, you see see that almost at national level. So now, uh, I think uh, Switzerland recently said that it wants to become the world's first uh, crypto country. So um, you know, maybe Brexit Britain will be uh, a crypto land too. Well, that's something to think about. And I suppose you've got Arsenal Football Club has also been looking into it. And I saw what did I see last night. Oh, the president of Venezuela said they're going to launch one next week. You have it all. That's it for now. But uh, watch out for those results we mentioned from uh, Necra Pharma. There's also some figures from Persimmon, Hammerson, Travis Perkins and, and a host of others. There's other news and analysis online on your phones, tablets and in the paper. And if you'd like to become a subscriber, do go to the Times co.uk and then you'll receive our daily morning and lunchtime business bulletins if you want to hear us weekly then just subscribe through itunes my thanks to alex ralph harry wilson and over there in new york on the street james dean they're on twitter so please do follow them and uh, thanks for listening and join us again next week Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.